This episode of Roderick on the Line is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. To people working on the Cards Against Humanity holiday puzzle, they wanted me to ask, who are you and what do you do? And for the rest of you, hey, just enjoy the show. Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty darn good. Pretty, pretty good. Fair to Midland. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Pretty good. You sound good. You sound, you sound like you're uh, on the mend. Well, it's hard. To, it's really hard to say. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. Um, I woke up this morning. Oh, no, 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 no. And I, and I, uh, I needed to brush my teeth. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then I had a. <laughs> couldn't tell whether I was sick or not. And oh, no, 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 no. Well. So, uh, so that's where I'm at. Yeah, now I'm having I'm having some coffee. I'm I'm uh, coming alive. Yeah, I've been talking to friends. Have I mentioned this already? I've been talking to a lot of friends. They all get up <laughs> at seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, it just as a matter of course, that's when they get up. They just seven o'clock in the morning, and they and they talk about it like you know. I, I so I've been polling people. It's an informal what, poll. Yeah, what time do you get up in the morning? Seven Me? o'clock. Oh, yeah. No, I'm asking you now. What time do you get up in the morning? Uh, I, I, I wake from sleep, whether I like it or not at six or a little before, cause that's when my Ooh. daughter wakes up Ooh. my, uh, well, my wife, um, blessedly lets me sleep a little later most days, unless it's my drop off day, but left to my own devices. I think I would wake up at seven or seven thirty. See, see people talk about this. Like this is normal behavior. Now, I was now, in- are you also, is your, are you also polling them regarding their, their go to bed time? Yeah. I mean, everybody seems to go to bed at 11. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I um, I was in a cafe today, and there was there were a couple of people uh, sitting across the table from one another. There was a there was a guy, sort of indeterminate age, probably about fifty, and a woman about uh, thirty five, maybe. And they both had their day planners out, and she was saying, "Well, what about uh, what about if, you know, like three thirty, we get the ball rolling?" And he's like. Great. That's perfect. That works for me. And he writes it down in his day planner and she writes it down in her day planner. And I was like, wow, yes, people are fucking getting shit done. They're having efficient meetings and they're deciding to accomplish things. Look at it. It's 3.30. They're going to get the ball rolling Mm -hmm. on a date in their calendar. And I bet you both of them got up at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's the kind of thing people who get up at seven in the morning do is write in a -hmm. a day timer. Mm -hmm. So for me at 9.15... Hitting the snooze button again. Here's how I get out of bed. Mm-hmm. I, I've been I wait waiting for this for years. Yeah, I wake up. I throw the covers off. I sit up. I recognize that the day is there. And then I grab the covers back and I pull them back over my head. And I die. I go back under the burrow under the pillows and hope that some through some magic... Time will stop. Mm-hmm. I can sleep forever and then wake up finally fully refreshed and ready to begin what will be the ultimate day, which is the after forever mm-hmm. day. After forever, then there will be an ultimate day. Mm. And that's, that's how I start every single day. You're like a, does, a very masculine Bell and Sebastian song. It does not, it does not happen at 7 in the morning. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was riding in a cab the other day. Around seven o'clock in the morning, and uh, all the people are out. There are people running. I, I was in New York. There were people fishing. People fishing. 
at seven in the morning. They didn't get up at seven. Mm-mm. They got up at six or five. You got to have your equipment ready. You got to get your night crawlers. Yeah. So that's how I'm doing. I'm thinking a lot about seven o'clock in the morning right now, and I'm thinking about it like it's a it's a it's a brand new thought technology. It's mm-hmm. it's just it's burning, it's searing its brand into the haunches of my mind. <laughs> seven a.m. Uh, you know what I like about you, John Roderick, is your interest in infrastructure. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that a lot of your um, thought technologies involve many levels of infrastructure, personal, public, social, municipal. You're very interested in how this stuff should operate. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? No, that's absolutely true. I mean, you're not, you're not, you're very efficient in a certain way, which mm-hmm. is that you're not looking for the onesie twosie solutions. You're looking for the big ideas. And and you're saying that this is not going to change unless we change the way this whole operation works. Mm-hmm. You're not going to. Mm-hmm. We'll have we'll have good days and bad days. No, no, we got to think on a much larger scale. And that that is to me your interest in uh, if you like engineering and infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? No, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. This uh, I I've been I've been toying with a new version of an old thought technology, the small bag. Hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Been thinking a lot about the small bag and what the small bag represents. Oh my gosh, that's there's a lot to the small bag. There is a lot to the small bag, and you know, part of my trying to stay organized and trying to keep my life together involves a process of trying to figure out what I need to eliminate. Right? You look around and you're like, ah, I got you know. Yeah, most people out there are thinking, how do I a get a bigger bag so that I can b add more stuff to it? Mm-hmm. You're saying no. How do I make this smaller? How do I make this the perfect, the ultimate small bag? Right. But I'm starting to think uh, holistically across my entire life. The question is not what do I get rid of to fit into a small bag. The question is what do I absolutely need, mm. and everything else is. Just in the bin. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, if you can start answering that question, a lot of the rest of your life starts making a lot more sense. But but the the, the, but the problem is, where does my belt buckle collection fit into that? Mm. That's a I really fa- that's a really that's a really good question, right? I found a big tray, a big wooden tray that had dividers in it. It had probably been used as a as a typesetter's tray. Oh, nice. And the and the little dividers were perfectly sized for belt buckles. And I realized I have 30 belt buckles. <laughs> now, I don't always wear a belt with a buckle. And when I do, I kind of generally stick to the old classics, the Indian arrowhead, the, the cover art from Appetite for Destruction. Uh, then there's the one that says John. Oh, that's nice. Right. Now, if you win, I should say, yeah, when you become a character in a comic book, I, I would like to see a really large buck, buck, belt buckle that just says, big brass belt buckle that just says, yeah. John. I have that one. Damn. I have a big brass belt buckle that just says, John, and I wear it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, I also have a couple of scrimshaw belt buckles. Hmm. I have, For more formal affairs. Mm-hmm, I have belt buckles that are enameled. I have, a, I have an, an Indian head enameled belt buckle that is the size of a rodeo winner's belt buckle but it's like enameled in six you mean different like a, colors a, 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 a indian like with a head yeah dress? yeah it looks like it looks like an indian um looks like a cigar store indian except it's it's the size of a pie plate and it's a belt buckle i don't know people used to live a different life mm-hmm. 
I actually have a radio a, a rodeo uh, style, um, you know, te- Texacano belt buckle, polished silver plated belt buckle with a giant R on it. And let's be clear: there was a time when, uh, if you want a rodeo, you got a belt buckle. Oh yeah, the belt Isn't that right? Was... Well, I just want to clarify for our listeners: not everybody's as steeped in the Western oh, tradition right. as you are. Or belts. yeah, a belt, a belt, belt buckle is the way that you you wear your trophy if you are a rodeo victor. Um, and one time, oh, they don't give was, you one if you lose. Yeah, well, maybe you get a third place belt buckle. Yeah, you it, know, doesn't you, work, <laughs> it looks looks like shit and doesn't work very well. You wear the you wear the ribbon that you, that you earn, right? Mm. You, you, <laughs> if you if you if you earn a white ribbon, you wear the white ribbon. Yes. So I was in a I was in a bar one time in the Southwest, and uh, the waiter was this kid who was uh, who had a giant rodeo belt buckle, and I started talking to him, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm a you know rodeo champ," and it it I had this like flash of realization that just like being kind of a rock and roll star, being a rodeo champ doesn't mean that you don't also sometimes have to work as a waiter. Uh. And he he was wearing these Wranglers. This was the, I've gone back and forth with Wranglers over the years, and by back and forth, I mean five times in my life I have purchased at some somehow I have acquired a pair of Wranglers, and I've thought I'm gonna you know I'm gonna wear Wranglers. Wranglers are gonna be my new thing, and then I put Wranglers on, and they don't. They're just made for somebody else. They're- it's it's hundred percent true. I think yeah, uh, Wranglers for me are kind of like going vegan. Where it's n- not to say it has never crossed my mind, but as soon as I spend any time with it, I realize it's not for me. Not Jonathan, for me. Jonathan Richmond has a whole song about about jeans and hmm. how they fit differently. My jeans, they are afraid. And uh, there are Lee people. Oh, they still make Lee jeans, right? Yeah, they do. Yes, they do. I mean, I don't, I don't know that they have the brand awareness that they used to have, but but there are different body types, and I think ladies are very aware of this. Men, we don't we don't care how they fit. They, we just put them on, unless you're I, you know artisanal like we are. But uh, but no, I, I think it makes a huge difference. Now the, the Wranglers, they ride a little higher. Yeah, they're high rise. Mm. And I feel like Lee jeans are what you wear if you are a long distance truck driver. Okay. But Wrangler jeans, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, you have to be made out of you have to be made out of like sticks to wear Wranglers. But this kid, this rodeo guy, was wearing Wrangler jeans, and he was just like made to wear Wrangler jeans. And he he looked so fantastic in these Wrangler jeans with this giant rodeo belt buckle that I actually went out and bought another. This was the last time I tried Wranglers. I went out and bought another pair of Wranglers just in homage to this guy. Mm-hmm. And then I put them on, and I just yeah, I just looked like somebody had. Somebody had tried to cover a crime scene in denim. Yeah. I <laughs> see. Um, I feel like you're posing deliberately posing a little bit of a trick question to me because, in my understanding of the small bag, this is not purely a super train thing. It's a go bag for any situation. Think about what's in. Think about what's in the uh, the the lockbox in in Switzerland, right? For uh, for Matt Damon. You got that kind of go bag stuff, right? Right, 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 right. So on the one, you could think about it in terms of passports and and weapons and money. There's the other kind of go bag, which is, you know, like uh, if you have a hurricane, if you have a a natural disaster, do you have a bag packed that that is ready and up to date that you can grab and without even having to look in it? I think this is very important to the small bag. Know that everything you, you will, not everything you'll need. Just the most essential stuff you'll need. That if here's the last part, you got to be able to carry it. It's not a small bag if you can't carry it for what ten miles. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. if it's if it's uh, if it's a roller bag, sorry, you don't know. You might be in a desert and need that small bag. Well, but here are the things. Here here are some of the factors, right? You don't want to put everything in the bag. Like I say this to people all the time. You know what? They sell shampoo in Europe, so you don't have to bring mm. it, right? They they have toilet paper where you're going. You don't have to pack it. Unless you're going someplace where they don't have toilet paper. It's a different different small bag. Everybody's small bag is different. You should know. You should know. And and frankly, I always carry toilet paper. Yeah. But, you know. That's just experience. I don't want to give too much away. You can Um, uh, can stuff some Imodium into that empty space. Use Again, with a small bag, as always with packing, use all the available space. Put things into the hole of the tube. That's right. Put things into the hole of the tube. That's exactly right. But also... Do you do you bring what you need or do you bring the tools to acquire what you need when you get there? Mm. Right? Like mm-hmm. in a lot of ways the smallest bag is an American Express black card. Unless the grid's down. Unless the grid is down. Exactly. And in you, that you case you can't wear you can't wear one of those. In that case the smallest bag is a buck knife. Right? Like there are small bags that have a buck knife in them and mm-hmm. there are small bags that do not. What about like a Leatherman? Well, you know, a Leatherman. I, mean, I, I don't mean I don't mean the gentleman in the Castro. I mean uh, some kind of a multi-tool, like a, a a lightweight multi-tool. I go back and forth on multi-tools because, in a way, it seems like jack of all trades, master of none. You got a Leatherman there, and it's not. You can't really. If you want really one that's knife. actually useful, it's going to be heavy. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, other yeah. the I, other ones are mostly like like a, a cute thing you keep in your briefcase. So now you got a bottle opener. That's what I have. I, I have, have I, I have a couple couple or three full size like fancy Leatherman uh, knives and uh, or tools, and they're they're real heavy. I mean, I I don't notice when there's an iPad in my backpack, but I notice when there's a Leatherman in my backpack. Yeah, I have a I have a Swiss Army knife that was made a long time ago that has, in addition to all of the things that would that you would say were on a Swiss Army knife to make somebody laugh. Yeah. It also has a magnifying glass, a fire starting kit, an airplane signaler, a... Um, <laughs> Meaning like, a mirror? Uh, well, a mirror with a hole in the middle of it, so you can you can look across a great distance through... Oh, with, you can also hack that into a pinhole camera. Right, or you could start a fire with it. Or it's you can make a camera obscura. I mean, you, gotta, <laughs> you have to have a way to be entertained later on. So I have one of these things, but you know, it's the size of a of a like a like a sixteen ounce can of beer, and um, and you know, ultimately, yeah, I guess if I fell out of an airplane and that thing was in my coat, I could make it back to civilization with the tools at my disposal. But I'm not sure that that would be the first. That would be my go to kit. Yeah, I, I feel like that's heavy and bulky for what you get. I have like an executive sized uh, Swiss Army knife that has a pen built into it. Oh, a pen. That's nice. That's for executives. That's an executive knife. Yeah, but no, I think you're absolutely right. Though I mean, I think there has to be some some clothing, lightweight, warm clothing, probably for most people. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? Lightweight clothing that that you can wash out in the sink. But 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 I'm talking about something. I'm talking about a larger philosophical, a more profound small bag. A more profound small bag. That's right. Which is to say, like I have the small bag that I grab when. The electromagnetic pulse turns off all the microwaves. Yeah. But there's another small bag, a small bag that I want to that I want to inhabit. A small bag where instead of 
five white shirts that all are a half size too small in the neck. I have one white shirt that is the correct size. Mm. And, and that is... Oh, quality. You're talking about well, the, like an, an essential? Here's the thing. This goes back to me. I've told you about our stupid, uh, not hurricane, earthquake kit. Because one oh, year, yeah. did I ever tell you this? Like we, we got, see, I told you this. We got smart one year, and we're finally like, it takes an earthquake to make you go, okay, we really need to get an earthquake kit. Mm-hmm. And we went totally balls out. We bought a really nice, like, like a really nice garbage can. It starts with a nice garbage can. Because the thing is, with the earthquake kit, don't have it in your house. Because you know what happens? Your house falls down. Now you don't have an earthquake kit. Wow. You have to have right. a waterproof, a very, like, raccoon-proof, as much as there can be such a thing. And you put in there enough you supplies. You hoist it up in a tree. You put it up in a tree, right? Right. And you got to have a tree that's earthquake-proof, too. Right. It's a complicated maneuver. You, you, but you get, you, obviously, you get enough. The basic idea is to have enough stuff for however many people are in your family to be able to be completely off the grid and screwed for three days. Wow. So that Sounds means, like you need a lake house. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah, isn't that nice? We don't have a, well, you know, some lakes near here. Well, anyway, some, anyway you, know. you fill this with water. You put in, like, energy bars. Basically, all the shit you would never want to eat when you're at home. <laughs> and, you know, all the stuff you donate to charity. You end up putting into this thing. Now, here's the thing. You put it in there. We did this, and we forgot about it, right? Yeah. Hey, we're settled. And then, of course, you go out and look at it, and maybe the lid got off a little bit, and it's kind of moldy inside now. Well, and of raccoons. Course, raccoons. And, you know, all the water expires. Because you know what, John? Water expires. Oh, it sure does. You know, and and so you. That's the thing about that. What I'm trying to bring to this, in as much as I can, is that you don't pack a small bag once. You're constantly packing a small bag, even if it's just in your head. Yes. Don't you think that's part of the yes. philosophical component? Because you can sit around and say like, "Oh, I got to put the silverware and the pistol in here," but like, no, but like, what do you need now? Yeah, you're cycling. A, a small bag is is a is an alive thing. Yes. A small bag is. Is a is not a static animal. It is a it's an evolving, um, yes, right, a creature, a friend. It's because like you think about like well, okay, in that case, in that one, you know, what we had in there a bunch of extremely tiny diapers, and by the time it was moldy, our kid didn't wear diapers anymore. So ah, we had not we had ah, not ah. kept we had not kept up. If, and if it right. had happened in the interregnum, we would have had a kid wearing some really super tiny diapers because right. we didn't treat it like a living thing. Well, and yes, and you know, honestly, I, you know, people have these like uh, uh, organization strategies, like, well, you know, turn it backwards on the hanger and put a put a pin in the neck, and if you don't wear it in six months, in six oh, months yeah. you go through and you take all the things on backwards hangers out, and uh, those those people have day planners and get up at seven in the morning or or, or earlier. Yeah, I I try to touch every single thing in my house at least once in the course of a of day and a half. Including the guests? I just, I go through and I just, I'm putting my fingers on everything all the time. Just paw everything. Are you still here? Are you still here? Mm-hmm. Are you still here? You're where you I left you. you. That's you, right. You done good, book. Are you okay? Are you okay? Like, mm-hmm. shoes, are you alright? Are you okay? The shoes I'm wearing today, my sister gave me as a gift in 1997, Christmas present. It was probably a big investment for her. And they are um, shoes of their time, right? They are 1997 shoes. And um, in, the, in the between times, 
between now and 1997, there have been a lot of shoe fashions come and go. Uh, pointy shoes for, for guys, little shoes, right? Uh, flat shoes. Little, little shoes. No, shoes, little shoes. Mm-hmm. We, we went through a phase there where little shoes were, were all the rage. <laughs> now we're in a place where every... Like comically small? <laughs> yeah, just like, like whoa. Uh, compared yeah, the t- to the toe these, shoes if we're running? Toe shoes. Um, Crocs. We're, we're in a phase now where every single guy is wearing some kind of suede wingtip in a non-canonical color with a blue sole or a yellow sole. Right? I'd love to see them walk in the rain in those things, John. It's very fancy time we're living in right now. That's true. If I had seen any one of those shoes 25 years ago, I would have seriously uh, flipped out. But now, you know, uh, it, they're the shoes of the time, right? And, and 10 years from now, 15 years from now, you're walking around in a pair of blue wingtips with yellow soles. People are going to be like, <laughs> oh, those sh- shoes from 2014. It's the shoes it's, of an unsuccessful clown. It's like it's like the architecture that that is flying up all around right now. You look at the you look at the the new ten story uh, condo buildings that are going up, and it's just like oh, that's already it already looks like two thousand thirteen when it was designed. It looks and like it's people who like like the idea of comic books, but haven't read a lot of comic books. Hmm. They have an idea of no, they have an idea of the future, but it's not particularly well thought out or tasteful. Are, wait a minute. Are there people that like the idea of comic books but haven't read comic books? Oh, gosh, yes. It seems like the idea of comic books is to read comic books. Yeah, well, you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're vibrating on a different level than a lot That's of people. True. In any case, these yeah. shoes are very much of their time, which what is, is to What say, do they look like, John? Well, Merlin, they are black leather. They have very chunky soles. Right. This was the this was the chunky soul time. Oh yes, this is still the wallet chain years. Wallet chain years, chunky soles, chunky soles, tall heel, but in the front they're kind of they almost look like Clark's. Right, they're kind of a of a chukka style, or like a desert boot mm-hmm. style. Yeah, but they're made out of like like pretty thick leather, almost to a sort of horsehide, but. But the thing that sets them apart is this is this big chunky black sole, and um, honestly, if I'm sure that there are people who are of the moment, people out there right now walking around with Macklemore haircuts and handlebar mustaches, who would look at the, these chunky shoes. And I don't know what I don't, I don't know whether they would say like cool because those are retro because they are from when I was five years old. Or whether they're like so, so out there out. But here they are. And I looked at them this morning and I was like, well, you know, I haven't touched you guys in a, in a little while, right? It's been a couple of weeks since I put my hands on these shoes and said, mm-hmm. are, you, are you still here? Are you okay? And I put them on. I'm wearing them today. They, they feel great. I feel great in them. But they are... They're in the, they're kind of, they're on the bench, let's say. They're in the, they're in reserve. Oh, like second string shoes? Yeah, I'd say these were third stringers, right? Because I wore them a lot. Oh, right, yeah. Back in the day, and now they're just kind of, you know, like, the, the, they're, they're all the way, they're not quite mothballed, but they're, but they're in the... They're not, they're definitely not in regular rotation. Right, they're like. in the garage, yeah. But, um... But I gotta, t- I gotta bring them out and touch them and say, you know, are you with me still? And then wear them. 
I'm going to spend a day or two in these shoes. We're going to have a great time together. But ultimately, the trajectory of these shoes is that they are they're making their way to pasture. Mm. But it's been it's been it's like, like a weekend with a middle-aged child from your first marriage. <laughs> yeah, just, right, like right? Hey, just just checking in. I know we, we're, in. hey, how many of these weekends are we going to have together, right? Yeah. How are you doing? How are you doing, right? How are you doing? You still Did here? I do a good job? Did I do a good job with you? And I mean, from 97, 96, 97 to 2002, boy, these shoes and I had some times together. But I wasn't able in 2002 to say like, fly be free, shoes, off to the, off to the goodwill with you. Because you know, my sister gave them to me. But they're not eternity shoes, right? They're not like my life hat <laughs> that I'm going to have for my life. Right. You have a life hat, right? I, I assume everybody's got a, got a life hat. I was going to let it go by. I don't know what a life hat is or whether I have one. Well, it's a hat that when you, you know, over time, you always go to this hat when it's cold. Oh, okay. It's your, it's your number one cold hat. And then after a while, you got your number one cold hat, and, and it starts to be like, well, you know, you start to feel like, what if I lose this cold hat? What if I lose this hat? I'm going to... This, this kind of hat has been with me for a long time. And then you start to kind of put the hat away a little bit. Like, I don't need to wear this hat. This is my good hat. Oh, and, yeah. And, no, I, and, I think I know what you mean. But wait, then you come back. You come back after a little while and you say, this, that's my hat. That's my hat. What am I saving it for? It's for wearing. And then you bring the cold hat back that you, that you, that you put into, like, sentimental retirement. And once you bring it back, you realize, oh, shit, this is my life hat. I'm going to wear this hat until I'm going to wear this hat until I can no longer wear this hat. Mm. Because a hat is not a, I mean, that's a hat that, the cold hat is not a, or your life hat is not a thing that you're going to accidentally leave in a cab. Right. Because your cold it's your, hat. It's your, your life hat. It's your life hat. That's right. When you get up to get out of a cab. Your 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 last thought is: Do I have my life hat? You'd sooner leave your phone. That's right, because you you don't have a life phone. No, no right? your phone no. is just a your phone is just a temporary friend, and it's not even that good of a friend. Yeah, it's like somebody somebody in college. Yeah, it's somebody in college that's like that's pretty hot that maybe is a little bit a little bit cooler than you. Um, and right. you're and you feel kind of lucky to be its friend, but you also resent it a little bit, and you don't like it. You don't like that friend very much. Yeah. But 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 that that friend gives you an opportunity. You're, to you're like, too good for each other in different ways. Hmm. Anyway, so here I am. I'm in my clunky shoes. I got my life hat. I'm looking at it. It's sitting right here in front of me. What else do I need, really? Hmm. I mean, I'm halfway to a small bag right now. <sighs> yeah. Boy, that, that, it is very philosophical. Because, I mean, the thing is, here, here's the thing, and I'm going to make this a little bit turns out. I think most of the stuff, if you had people go, and especially people who don't travel a lot, let's say, or people mm. who don't do a carry-on, and you ask them to put together their small bag, I think by the time they've packed that bag for a fifth time, they're going to be surprised what went in the first time. Well, the first time, somebody that doesn't travel very much, some, the first time somebody starts to pack a small bag, first thing they put in there, shampoo, yeah. right? They yeah. start packing it with a bunch of with a bunch of shit, uh, a, you know, their comb and their toothbrush and their all this stuff. That's that you a really be, good way to put it. It was stuff that you're likely to find in other places. Yeah, stuff that you can boost from any drugstore. If there were a zombie, like my my wife watches the uh, Walking Dead show, so I end up having to watch it. 
Mm-hmm. I, it freaks me out, but I end up watching it. I think you could learn a lot from that show. They get by fine with one shirt. One shirt. Yeah. I mean, it's the thing is, like, you know, how <coughs> many shirts? You're not trying to recreate civilization yet. First, you need to stay alive. Right? Right. Well, the the concept of the small bag, for me, began in 1989 in a town called Avignon, France. Sur le pont de Avignon. Are you familiar with it? On est dans ça, on est dans ça. I, I don't know that particular chanson. Uh, <laughs> I, I know there was a pope there, and uh, Picasso right. painted some hookers from there. That's right. There was there was a there was a pope. I, make, I, 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 I refer to myself as the the ex of Avignon all the time, and nobody ever laughs. <laughs> Breaks my heart. It's Pope number two or Pope number one, depending on who you're talking to. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but but surely you know. Surely you know. Sur le pont d'Avignon, on est dans ça, on est dans ça. That is a song about the bridge of Avignon. Oh, okay. On which we all danced. Um, which uh, you know, it's a it's it's a pope song. Let's be honest. It's a <laughs> it's about it's about the pope. But I <laughs> there's so many secret pope songs. I'm going to write that down. I, th- I want to find. Let's be honest. It's about the pope. You could do. You know what? You could make a hell of a mixtape of secret pope songs. <laughs> But so late one night, I was on I was on a train, and uh, and uh, I I arrived in Avignon, and I didn't have money for a hotel, I but I had a backpack, and the backpack had, um, in addition to, you know, a couple of pairs of jeans and and some shirts and and a tie in case I got asked to a nice dinner. It had a carton of camel lights. It had a Walkman and a, and a, and some cassette tapes, including Traveling Wilburys Volume Two and uh, Tom Petty's uh, first solo album. I, I I like to think I know you. <laughs> and uh, it had it had a like a rain jacket uh, made by the Spider Skiwear Company, and it had some picture of Courtney Cox. <laughs> had uh, some Nike lava dome boots tied to the outside of it and it had a it had a a hitchhiking sign like that I'd written on a piece of cardboard that said anywhere you know it was like <laughs> this was my bag right and in addition to that it had a patch sewn on the back of this of the of the bag this was this was my small bag concept at the time it had a patch on the outside from um from the uh, Minnesota Outward Bound, the uh, Voyageurs Outward Bound, and underneath the patch there were three one hundred dollar bills in a plastic little plastic oh, bag. Damn it, that's smart. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is S- good, John. Just sewed on the patch so that it, worst comes to worst. Yep. You, rip off you the s- patch. Rip off the patch. You got three hundred bucks. It had a pair of. Uh, it had. Pair of sunglasses in there. What else did I have? You know, obviously socks and underwear, journal, um, camera. You know, it had. This was a small bag that I was living out of and had been living out of for uh, uh, well for years. And the bag, the the backpack itself was made by the company Mountain Smith. Like I had everything in this bag that a person could possibly need to go around Europe and America. And just be kind of dirty all the time and shower in gas stations and yet be ready for anything, 
right? And, and by and large, how, how did it work? But did, oh, how it was, did it, it work out for you? It was incredible. For months and months and months, I lived out of this bag. I had I bought a switchblade in Italy, so I had my you know I had a switchblade too, in addition to probably like the multi tool that I came with. God, yeah, you must have really liked yourself then. That sounds like a fun time. Boy, I was a, I was a hot, I was a hot 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 tamale. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I get off the train in Avignon, and I'm walking around. It's dark. It's kind of late at night. I don't have money for a hotel, and I walk over, and there's this kind of park over by the, you know, a little ways away from the train station, kind of over by the by the freeway interchange. And there are like six or seven guys sleeping in this park already. They've got their small bags. They're using their small bags as a pillow. They're sleeping out in the park, and I'm like, "Oh, here, here are my people. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up a piece of grass in this park and uh, catch some Z's. And in the morning, I'm gonna, you know, figure out my next move. Allons-y, allons-y, oui. So I, uh, I lay it all out. I get, I, I got. Oh, I got. I have a sleeping bag in the in the backpack. I pull the sleeping bag out and I climb into it. Now, a, a lot of the guys that are sleeping rough in this park do not have sleeping bags. I would say the, the vast majority of them, they're just curled up in with all their clothes on and their bag as their pillow. But I have a sleeping bag putting me in in the rare, you know, in the 1% of people sleeping in this Avion park. <laughs> <clears throat> my passport's around my neck in a little cotton um, passport bag. Around, uh, It's just a bag the size of my passport that's around my neck. And uh, I wake up about an hour later, and there's a guy standing over me in the dark, and my bag, which I had been snuggling with, is gone. Oh, my God. And this guy, is he's actually straddling me, one foot on either side of me, and he's bending over. His face is very close to mine. I think that's what woke me up, the the. Face, face vibrations. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You face. know, you know when there's a face nearby. Yeah, face yeah. vibrations. Yeah, I wake up and here's this face, it's, and I can't really see him because it's very dark. I'm in a park, and he is looking. He is trying to find a way to get that passport from around my neck. Oh my god, John! He is prepared to reach into into my shirt, and he knows that when he goes for it, then it's then it, the then the fight's going to be on. But he's like setting himself up for this grab, right? He's going. This is the, and I think he. I think what he's going to do is he's going to cut. He has a knife. He's going to cut the wire or cut the uh, the strap and grab this thing, and then I'm going to wake up, and maybe I'm going to be, be too late because you're you're in a sleeping bag, and he's already running through Avignon. Right. That's the strategy. That's the strategy. Well, so I wake up. He's there. He sees my eyes open. We look at each other in the dark and then he starts to run and I am nothing if not able to uh, eject from a sleeping bag in like, like a like a crossbow bolt like I come out of that bag in my bare feet already running at 15 miles an hour and I'm right on his heels and he is uh, he is a thin guy and he's moving fast, and I'm right behind him, and I am, I'm cursing him. And I chase him and chase him and chase him over hedges and roads and streets, and I'm right on his heels, and my feet are shredded, but I'm not, I don't care. 
And I feel very close to, I don't think I'm going to wear him down. I think I'm actually out of pure fury going to accelerate that last little bit to actually take him down. Mm. And he leaps over a, a metal railing onto the, actually onto the highway. And I'm right on his heels and my toe catches on the top of the metal railing. And, oh, and it geez. sends me right down onto my face. And then he's and then he and, and he he goes off down the road at a at a kind of a trot. Now he's looking over his shoulder and just sort of like just the cool down trot. Mm-hmm. As I lay there, just splattered on the on the pavement, and I limp back to my campsite, and everything is gone. Oh my god! <gasps> because in the in the chase, his friend. Or friends came his, uh, and got his accomplice. His accomplice came and got the sleeping bag and the shoes and everything. Well, what dicks? Well, you know, they, it's all uh, it's all in the game. It's all in the game. That's right. And they are they uh, by, you know, by um, uh, 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 using my powers of perception and a guesstimate, I would say that they were Algerians mm. and that they were here in France. Uh, and that they and that this was part of the this was part of the nature of colonialism. If you really want to get down to it, this is one of I was one of the victims. So of the one percent cozy in his sleeping bag. That's right. Gets his comeuppance. Oh, but you lost three hundred bucks too. Oh yes. In addition to a fucking carton of Camel Lights, which yeah. even then, when a carton of when a pack of Camel Lights like was a dollar and a quarter, yeah, that's a lot of money. Anyway. I spent a couple, I spent the next few days, um, I mean, the first thing I did was limp over to a hotel, like a, like a cheap little mama, mama son pension type of place. <laughs> and I said, listen, I don't have any money and I'm covered with blood and mud, but I'm an American. How do you do? Nice to meet you. <laughs> I am able to get money because I am an American. Will you will you let me stay in your hotel tonight and I will pay you later? And the power at the time of being an American, maybe it's a power still exists. Uh I th- I think maybe it exists less now, but at the time the the little uh uh madame who ran this pension was like, "Yeah, that seems reasonable." She she, she got the sense that you were good for it. Right. So She wasn't scared of you, uh, she respected you. Well, or a little bit of, maybe a little bit of both, but a little mm-hmm. bit of like, right, you are an American and you can go down to the American Express office. It has American right in the w- title. And Express, it'll be fast. That's right. Go down there and say, hey, somebody in America, send me some money. And yep. that's what I did. I went down to the American Express office and I said, send me the money that I can get uh, that I, so I can pay this lady for the hotel. And then I spent about a week scouring the garbage cans of Avignon because... I was missing my journals. I didn't care about the bag. I didn't care about the the lava domes. I didn't care about the spider jacket. And I knew the carton of cigarettes was gone. And I never expected to find anything. But I thought maybe that they would toss those journals in a garbage can. And I wanted those journals. And I never found them. But in the course of this week... Of walking around, and you know, and I, I got some shoes, 
at a at some you know little place. This was back when the dollar was strong against the franc. Mm-hmm. So I had my shoes. I had my shirt that I'd been wearing. I had my pants that I'd been wearing. And I went to one of those street markets and I bought a Greek fisherman's sweater. You know, one of those like Saturday markets. And I think at the time in Europe, every Saturday market had a had someone sitting there selling Greek sweaters because Greece was a was still a poor country and knitting sweaters was was a was one of the things that they did for export. So I bought a Greek sweater and walking around the town looking for my stuff, when I would get tired, I would just kind of sit down on a park bench and doze off. And then when I woke up, I would just wake up and stand up and start walking. And the and and the tragedy of losing the bag started to fade as I realized that I hadn't needed any of that stuff. And Prior to that, I thought that I was at the barest minimum. I thought I, I thought I had just the minimum of what you needed, but now I had none of it. I had just the, just these clothes, and if I was invited to a fancy dinner, I did not have a tie, but I was not going to get invited to a fancy dinner in the condition I was in. But I felt, for the first time, a kind of liberty I had never... I didn't even know existed, which was the liberty of total possessionlessness. And I left Avignon sometime in, let's say, August. This would have been 1989. I left Avignon in August of 89, and I continued to hitchhike and travel and and um, sleep around and eat and live until Christmas. And I never replaced the bag wow. or bought another item. And you, and you got by okay? I was, I, I was as free as a, as a man could be. I would wash my clothes sometimes, you know, in, in, in a sink or whatever and hang them up to dry. That got harder and harder as the winter came on. In the, you know, in the summer, you wash your clothes, you put them on, and they dry as you walk around. But that was, that was less easy to do. Doesn't that make the you winter. chafe? You know, you just you, you develop calluses in the right places. Ugh. You develop those um, inner thigh calluses mm-hmm. that, that all true great travelers have. Yeah, but but I've ever since then, and I mean honestly, I must have smelled to high heaven. I mean, this is the thing you can't. You're not. You're not doing it for other people. You're not mm-hmm. trying to like make a good impression. But I've been trying to to replicate that feeling of complete liberty ever since, and and. The first thing you add to that, you know, the first time you're like, well, if I had a little bag, maybe it would help. You know, I'd have I'd have a bag for my life hat, change of socks. Mm-hmm. These are the true essentials, but still, uh, that bag is an attractive nuisance. You got got to put stuff in it now. Well, and when you wake up, you know, like 
you're on a train, you open your eyes, you look out the window, oh shit, you're in the town that you meant to go to, like you have arrived, and then the train starts to move, and you realize you've you slept through your stop. If you don't have anything, you just stand up, run down the corridor, open the door, and step onto the station platform, and the train takes off, and you are like, ta-da, I did not miss my stop. But if you have a bag, mm. you got to turn around and get that bag. And that few seconds of hesitation, particularly if you've opened the bag and have strewn your stuff around, then you got to throw your stuff back in the bag, and then the train's moving too fast to get off, and then you're going to the next town, and then your destiny has changed. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I am so far from that liberty right now. If you're thinking about a bag for your belt buckles, you're probably uh, not quite there yet. I got a rack for the belt buckles mm-hmm. so that if on the if one day I'm sitting in my living room and somebody is there and they're like, I really like your candlesticks, I really like your globes, will you show me your other collections? I can stand up and say... Where would you like to begin? <laughs> I suggest we start with the belt buckles. And I can bring the rack of belt buckles out, and they're all there. Yeah, I mean, any good tour guide will open by saying, have you been here before, and how much time do you have? That's right. And right? What you say, you- I'm going to give you an appropriate, if you've, if you've only got six <clears throat> or seven hours, let's start with the belt buckles. Yeah, the place to start is not, <clears throat> not out in the barn looking at the collection of five horsepower motors. <laughs> The place to start is right here on a comfortable couch. <clears throat> would you like to see would you like some tea? <laughs> would you like some tea? And then I'll, I'll I think the the place to start is with the lapel pins from various secret societies. But then we move to the belt buckles. What about the what about the backstage passes for shows that you were not playing at? That's a different oh, container. Right? Oh, that's a cigar box. That's see, a cigar got, box, right? I've got about twenty cigar boxes, and they all have different like. There's movie tickets from. Movies from the 80s. There's sports events I went to with my dad. Backstage passes for concerts that I was there only as a guest. (laughs) Arranged by level of access. Uh, Yeah, and and we could sit all afternoon. Sure. Want some more tea? (laughs) I mean, you know, I basically had a kid just so I could have somebody that I could force to sit in and get this tour once, right? (laughs) The entire tour. When she's about 11 years old, I'm going to be like, okay, time to get to know daddy. I'm not uh, operating anywhere near your level, but something I picked up when I was traveling more often is, first of all, just a basic realization. I think about how I packed when I was a kid. I think about how I packed even through college. And even through college, it, it, it was farcical how much stuff I would bring with me that I never even touched. And that was a big thing. And, I, and it's gotten a little bit better slowly over time. But it finally got to a point where I, I realized, you know, I wear the same thing every day. <laughs> Basically, I need what I wear every day. I need clothes for the the event that I'm there for, which is like if I'm going to do a talk or something, I have to have some clean clothes. And I need something to sit around in. Right. And, and everything else is uh, is extras. The last two times I'm with you, the last two places I've went, I've, I've stayed – uh, I asked them for uh, toothpaste and uh, shaving cream. I didn't even bring that with me. And they bring it. The W, man, they'll bring you up some pretty nice uh, toothpaste. Sure they will. They'll bring I mean, it right this, up to you. This is what I call the, 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 uh, 
you know, the freedom of Dave Bazan, right? Dave, Dave Bazan. That sounds like a, a young adult novel. <laughs> the freedom of Dave Bazan. At a certain point, Dave realized that what he liked to wear was a black t-shirt, a red hoodie with a white zipper, and some jeans. And you, can get, you can get that stuff. You get it, and you got you, it, and you're done. You can get it anywhere. And <clears throat> he just decided, like, he did, like, clothes just didn't, he, he didn't want to use even the small part of his brain uh, that, it would, that it required to really, like, worry about clothes, let alone the big part of your brain if you're really going to worry about oh, like clothes. Oh, your stuff has to match and contrast and be interesting. Or just, like, and, 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 and you put it on, you look at yourself in the mirror, and you go, is that me? Is this me? Oh, boy, is that a rat hole. You take it off, and you put on another that's thing. For, is this that's me? for a better man than, uh, than I am. I'll yeah. tell you that. But so Dave was just like, I eliminate all of this from my, uh, from my existence, and I'm just going with this, this thing. This is going to be me. And he, he does it. He does it. And it is his, it, you know, if you see Dave Bazan in a collared shirt, it, it, he might as well be wearing a fake mustache. You wouldn't even recognize <laughs> On top of his regular mustache. <laughs> you just go, who's that guy? He kind of looks like Dave Bazan, but he's in a collared shirt. Hello. So, so he's freed himself. He mm-hmm. has liberated himself from all these the freedom small. Freedom of Dave Bazan. That's right. All the free, all these small tyrannies mm. of like, does this thing fit right? It won't, they, they, this, they won't stick mm. to him. They, they're ineligible. Mm-hmm. Those, those problems. Right. He's just, he's got a, he, he has basically like his superhero costume. And it, it's, it, a, it's a red hoodie. Here's my other thing, though, and this has actually been really helpful, and this is uh, this is a life hack. But um, the time that I think about what I really need for a trip, the best time for me to think about what I need for a trip is when I'm in, in my case, like a hotel room. Mm-hmm. I'm already in a hotel room, and I'm thinking about what I really need. So I started this text file a couple of years ago of like when I write, think of something I really want. My small bag for packing now has gotten very simple. It's basically what I just described to you, right? I don't bring all the entertainment equipment anymore. Mm-hmm. Really, you know, you got an iPhone or an iPad for the kid or whatever. But in my mm-hmm. case, you know what? I like I like a large cup to drink water out of. I drink a lot of water. I want a large cup. Huh. Bring a large cup. It's small. You can stuff stuff in it. Things like that. Bring uh, a large cup. Well, it's like my version wow. of a towel, right? Okay, all right. But, but here's what I'm trying to say is that like when you're sitting there and you're stressed out and thinking about packing, stress to me is what makes people jam way too much stuff into any kind of bag. It's yeah. thinking there's innumerable things. And the thing is What happens if I get invited to a nice party? I better, I'd better put a white What happens if I get invited it? to three nice parties? Yeah. Right. And and so, but then you end up doing. It's kind of a similar problem to like the way people deal with backup, which is if they're constantly kind of blindly backing stuff up here and there, it's not that useful because they wouldn't know where to get it if they needed it. Right. So in my case, I try to really dumb all of that way down to go like, what's the most essential stuff I need? You know, pretty much almost anywhere I go, I'm near a mall. So if I shit myself, I can totter over to the mall and get another pair of pants. I don't need not, four pairs of pants. That's not going to be a nice trip over to the mall, but... <laughs> hey, you know, you can't plan for everything. This isn't Avignon. At the, at, the, at the W Hotel, you can send you can call down to the front desk and say, Hey, hi, um, uh, this is Merlin up in room 4, 1404. I just shit myself. Can you get somebody to run over to the mall? Uh, anywhere, anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, I just I, took a, I just took a giant shit in my pants. <laughs> Could you bring me up some thirty four thirty anything? Absolutely, right up. I I got my shoes shined the other day, <laughs> and the shoe can, shine. Can, can you give me Can you give me a shout out though for that idea? The idea is this is very very high level. But if mm, you end up traveling mm-hmm. a lot, and I, well, I'm trying to give you a freebie here for yeah. working on the small bag idea. Because the problem is, on the one hand, yes, let's take it as red. 
Let's say it because it needs to be said. You need to be fucking thinking about your small bag yep. a little more than you think, but you need yep. to be acting on the small bag also more often than you think. So the thing is, thinking about thinking in, when you're in your house with all that junk and all your belt buckles, that's not the greatest time to think about a small bag. Maybe no. go force yourself into some privation and figure out what you really need. The best small Become bag. Become the 99%. The best small bag, the best go bag is the bag you're already living out of. Mm. What if it's not small? Well, it has to be small enough. It's small. It's a small bag in concept. There's there's the concept of the small bag or the go bag, and then there's the idea of the always ready bag. So you're saying like you're already probably got most of what you need like in a backpack. I feel like most people's small bag is actually their car. Yep. 100%. They already have a small bag and it's their car, and they have or maybe everything. Their they office, their desk. Right. I was I I got my shoes shined at the airport. And the shoeshine guy was telling me this story about how he was a twin, a fraternal twin, but his sister was like, she was nine pounds when they were born and he was four pounds. He was, he was trying to tell me that he was the runt. Hmm. But at, at, and it was a, a pretty involved story. But at a it seems like an point, unusual thing to bring up when you're shining somebody's shoes. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. you got to talk about something. To each his own. <laughs> but at a certain point, he must have recognized something in me and he looked up at me and he said... You carry a you carry a fork and spoon with you? And I was like, huh, no, I don't. He was like, you gotta carry a fork and spoon. And I said, How am I gonna get on an airplane with a fork and spoon? And he said, Oh, I mean, it can be plastic, it can be wood. But he said, I don't go anywhere. Without <laughs> I love the idea of you traveling constantly with a wooden, wooden uh-huh. fork. He said, I don't go anywhere like without teak. a fork and spoon. <laughs> and I was like, there was a time when I did carry a fork and spoon. Hmm. And now like a, like I, a mess kit. Yeah, now I've somehow I think I'm too good to carry a fork and spoon. I'm not too good to carry a fork and spoon. Oh, it was a wake I up sh- call. Wake up call for it you. It was. I was like, I should fucking have a fork and spoon. Well, a few hours later I'm on the subway in New York City and I'm looking around. You remember the story about the guy uh, with the with the nice boots on the subway in New York City? Yes, of course. The guy with dignity. That's right. Well, I'm looking around the subway in New York City, and everybody, so, somehow, either everybody in New York's been listening to our podcast, or times have changed, but everybody on the subway had some, like, really expensive, pretty cool boots. Like, the era of small shoes is over. <laughs> we are in the era of, like... Writ, uh, episode 60, written in his boots. <laughs> written in his boots, Right. Uh, we are in the era now of like, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, like, I can't get past the small shop. <laughs> I keep imagining like almost like foot binding people in like, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. like Park Slope. That's what it special... seems. <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. <laughs> Fucking small shoes. Or is it like forced perspective? <laughs> but now, now everybody's wearing these uh, work boots that mm-hmm. do not actually, uh, like comport with the jobs that they do. Yeah, it's the F-150 with no scratches in the bed. Yeah, and I'm looking around on the subway, and I'm like, wow, everybody's got really cool boots in New York, and I'm wearing my travel shoes. Is that Clark's? Uh, my travel shoes are actually a pair of, like, um, you know, they're, like, pull-on beetle boots. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, just like those get... Australian uh, yeah, ankle that's right. boots? that's right. Yeah, you yeah, get yeah. in, you get out, you know? You're like... Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Multi-purpose. But I went from thinking I should have a wooden fork that I carry with me everywhere in case somebody offers me some stew 
Like if somebody's like, you want a little bit of, you want to get in on this stew? And you're, and you're like, yeah. And they go, get your fork. Oh man. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't have a fork. Uh, I don't have a fork. And then the answer is going to be like, sorry. The offer was for stew, not for yeah. stew with a fork. Yeah. What did you want me to do? Like set you what, a place What, am I going to carry forks for everybody? I'm <laughs> making What am I made of forks? I opened a can and put it all over a fire. If you want some stew, get your fork. If you don't, if you don't have a fork, then you must not need the stew. Once you know what stew, I mean? get your fork. Yeah, and so I went from that, and just a few hours later, I'm sitting on the subway, and I'm like, "Shit, I'm, I'm not rep, I'm not repping any boots here. Like, I got boots on, but they're not. I mean, it's like Red Wing, Red Wing, Red Wing, Red Wing, White's boots, and and uh, Chippewa boots. I mean, there's the, the subway was just a, it was like a boot store." And I've got some boots, but in order to be in order to be repping those boots on that New York City subway, I would have had to pack an entirely different small bag. Oh, I think you made the right decision. I think so too. But you know, it's funny where your mind can go. Mm-hmm. Half of my mind is thinking you you just need to you you needed to get on that plane with a fork, and that's it. <laughs> You're going to New York. Bring a fork. What you know? My, I'm, I'd be thinking like, what could have been different for me? Like, how many things were w- was my perception way off? Because I knew in my heart I did not have a wooden fork with me. Yeah, right. You don't even walk over and say, "Hmm, stew smells good." Oh my gosh, so many doors I wouldn't even walk up to. Because you're like, shit, I don't have a fork. I'm not, you know, just turn around, just mm-hmm. walk away. Mm-hmm. And then a few hours later, I'm thinking I should have brought a bigger bag so that I could have some boots to be part of this boot party here on the F train. Mm. And it's just like, no, no, no. Quiet down. Quiet down, chorus of, of haberdashers. <laughs> oh, you need a you need a fork that you can take through security. And everything else is gravy. I, mm, I, you know, I never would have thought of that. I never would have thought of having a wooden fork. I, I've, I've got some silicone, silicone, silicone um, bowls um, mm-hmm. that I got from like a camping store. And uh, you get this pack. It's one big bowl, one little bowl. And if you imagine something that looks like the size of a grapefruit with the top cut off, and yep. it's made out of very thin black silicone so that yep. it's collapsible. Right. And that's actually surprisingly handy to have in situations. Well, it's true. but And, and it takes my, up no space and no weight. In my experience of eating a campfire stew, you can, you can always eat out of the pot. Yep. You don't but need to bring got, a pot. There's already a pot there. But you got to have a fork. And in the absence of a fork, honestly, you can use a sharpened stick, but you're not going to get that through security. I, you know what? I, I feel like when I leave here today, I'm going to go buy a wooden fork and spoon. Yeah, I don't blame not you. A, not a giant one. That's a sign a, that the game is on. A small, like, little camp kit. Yep. That you yep. can get you can get onto an airplane. But John, John, this is the entire point. This is the entire point. Well, it's not the entire point, but it's a point. It's a point that that's the thing you never would have thought of. If you hadn't had that little kismet uh, serendipity experience with the uh, uh, crazy shoeshine guy, you wouldn't yeah. have thought about cutlery. And no, now he, you're rethinking. You got a whole new thought technology for the small bag you want to pack. He's helping me mm. by asking me the right question, right? Oh like he he looked at me and was like, "What does this guy need to know today?" Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, and he interrupted himself, um, because he he really was in the middle of this story about how his his big sister got all the milk. <laughs> she weighed twice as much as him at birth. <laughs> yeah, but he looked up. He looked mm. up and he was like, I don't He stopped his story and he was like, do you have, you carrying a fork and spoon? He could just, just tell. And I he was like, you tell. know, 
And I was sitting there like, I'm getting my shoe shine. I'm a big, I'm a big wheel. Yeah, I'm looking around. Hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> Check I'm me getting out. on an airplane. <laughs> Anytime now. Hey, hey. My, 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 uh, my flight's just in a few minutes. Thought I'd get my shoe shine. <laughs> and then immediately I'm <clears throat> reset like, fuck. Yep. Yep. Fuck. You I can't prepare yourself for that. You never know when those moments are going to come along. But it's right. He was right. And, it's, and, and that is the right... That's the right knowledge. So where are you, to, as we stand here today, where do you stand with the small bag? Because it seems to me like you're not really talking about the canonical John Roderick small bag. You're mm-hmm. talking about, like, the secondary small bags, the, like, I mean, like, in my case, like, we don't even have all of our yearbooks in the same place. Mm-hmm. Like, if we wanted to save, like, family photos, they're in, like, five places in the house. That's the kind of thing that, that with the belt buckle, that's what I get with the belt buckle, is, like, yeah. if I had, if this place was on fire and I could grab, like, three things, what would I grab? Is that right. kind of what you're saying? Well, and the thing about yearbooks... That so, let's to, take us right. You got your daughter and your wooden fork and your boots. Right. And then and it's you, like, what, what's next? You got you to gotta train your daughter to, to, to egress the building on her own. You know, like you got to say, listen, when the house is on fire, when I yell, when, when I yell, hit house the bricks. House on fire. House on fire. Hit the bricks. <laughs> You've got to, uh, you got to handle that. You got to handle that angle because I'm going to be grabbing yearbooks and stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Everybody knows their job. But what I discovered about yearbooks is you can get any yearbook on, on the internet. There you go. So let your yearbooks burn. What do you, somebody wrote on there, Merlin, stay sweet. See you next year. Smiley Hope face. you're less fat in biology class. <laughs> yeah. No, Love you like a sis. Burn Shut up. You. But the Shut family up. photos, family photos you got to get. They, all, yeah. they have to be in one grab bag. But uh, I think about this every once in a while. Like the whole house burns down. Everything is gone. Yeah. What's less freedom. The, What's the one thing that you uh, that you would be like? Oh shit! And um, I, couldn't, honestly, I can't tell you. I couldn't tell I, you one I, thing. I, I couldn't tell you either. This is the. I think this. I is think the I would lesson. be fine. I would personally. I'm sad to say, be fine with almost nothing. Well, and that's and that is illustrative. Uh, right? Well, no, it's sad. It's sad. I mean, like we um, we did a big purge a few years ago. Before I think it was before we moved, we did one of these. I'd read this book about uh, about getting rid of clutter in your life, and it had a really big impact on me. Uh, the basic thesis of the book is: don't have anything in your life that's not getting you closer to the life you want. Which means systematically, ruthlessly getting rid of everything that cleaves you to a life you never had or no longer have. Mm. Which, if you think about it, goes for almost everything. And that's where you get into like all these clothes that don't fit anymore and stuff like that. And I was ruthless. I mean, I really worked the system. And I went and the two things – this is going to sound dumb, but two things I regret. Uh, there, there were some actually not holy, not disgusting rock and roll t-shirts. I kind of wish I kept like, a couple of them. I threw out uh-huh. all of them. Uh-huh. Every t-shirt I had – Bought at a rock show or been given, like at a convention or whatever, I threw out pretty much all of them. It was bags and bags and bags of shitty T-shirts. So I kind of miss some of those. The other one is <clears throat> by accident. We had very uh, systematically taken all of our mini different bags, like Timbuktu bags, cool backpacks, and put them all in one contractor bag, which accidentally got thrown away. Oh! So I wish I hadn't thrown away like eight all Timbuktu bags. bags, all the bags. And you know how I am with bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I knew, I do know. So that I regret, but you know, it comes up once a month or so. I think, boy, that was a really cool. Uh, you know, when I was at that that that, that Microsoft event in uh, Seattle where they put us up at the W and they gave me that cool uh, messenger bag, gone, yeah. gone. That was a nice messenger bag. It was a messenger bag <laughs> built like a briefcase, and now I'm going to cry. I promised myself I wouldn't cry. I don't know what it would be that I grab. 
You know, ever since I started calling this hat my life hat, yeah, I would I would grab it now. I didn't see. I, I, I got to go over this with my daughter though, because first of all, I have to convince my daughter. First of all, honey, any, you say you're going to carry this. We're going to go and ride scooters. Well, first of all, you do not need to bring a stuffed animal to ride a scooter. If Correct. you do want to bring a stuffed animal to ride a scooter, you need to put it in a backpack that goes on your back. Correct. That does not mean mommy's tiny purse that you put on your wrist. That nope. does not count because let me explain. Everything you think you're going to carry. For even 10 minutes, I am going to end up carrying everything. That's right. And I got to be that guy. When we get there and we be, we're not even up to the point where we start scooting, she goes, could you hold Rabbit Friend? Uh, and I say, you know what? I love Rabbit Friend, but this is exact. Just so you know, when I sound like a crazy person back at the house, this is what I'm talking about. So now I'm carrying my wife's purse on my wrist with a rabbit in it. Yeah. And that doesn't work for me. No. So, but so, so first of all, I have to help her understand what a bad person she is. And second of all, show her that if Rabbit Friend got dropped on Muni... Like, you'd be bummed. Yes. Do not bring heirloom quality stuffed animals onto things because you will eventually forget it and be sad. That's right. I mean, the people that have dogs that they equip with saddlebags that are carrying their food. Like a pannier? Is that what a they pannier. Call it? That's right. I, I always feel like, right on, like that dog is that dog is toting its own barge. Oh, it's carrying... <laughs> You meant like you had the, uh, had the companion sandwich. You're saying it's got kibble. It's, it's got it's got kibble in it's a bag. Got, it's got kibble in one side and and uh, and like you duty know, bags. Pro- probably kibble in the other side. <laughs> uh, and and the thing is, I think I admire those people. The people that tie their dog shit to the dog's collar well, in like, a bag. The, the uh, you haven't seen this where the the dog poops. The oh, not owner, their feces. You, the owner picks up the poop in a bag. Oh no! And then ties the bag to the dog's collar. That's, that sounds like that's that sounds for medieval. The rest, for Is the it rest like punishment? Of the I don't <gasps> think so. I think it's just that they don't understand. They have never put them. They they claim to be uh, animal lovers. They claim to love their loving dog. loving animal companions. But they have never put themselves in the dog's paws long enough to imagine, how would I like it if my shit was tied around my neck? Like, I'm a dog. I am shitting on the ground, and I expect to leave it behind. Yeah. You guys, If you you want to play out some kind of little, some little fantasy (laughs) opera where you pick up my poop, that's fine. But don't strap it to my head. You're going to make me fucking carry it on my collar? And you want me to be enthusiastic? I see this all the time. I don't know what it's saying. I've never seen that, and that's miserable. I don't, don't they know have what garbage they, cans? Can't you just throw them away? Well, it's like they uh, maybe maybe what they are expressing is like I didn't throw my dog's poop in your garbage can. Maybe oh. it's some kind of martyr thing, yes. like liberal martyr thing. But they are making it's like an I voted dog, sticker, but with poop. That's right. They're making their dog bear the bear the burden. But if I could carry my kibble in a saddlebag, yeah, uh, I think I would. I think I would do it. You strap it to your daughter, or you keep it on yourself. But I say that. But I say this to I say this to my daughter too. Like, pack in and pack out. Like you again. Bed bunny does not leave the bed. First of all, it's right in the name. It's right in the name. Yep. Bed bunny. Bed bunny. Not living room bunny. Not car bunny. There is a car bunny. Mm-hmm. That's a totally different bunny. That's right. You leave bed bunny in the bed. Yeah, car bunny in the car. But if we're going out on an adventure. You got to schlep your own stuff. You got to tote your own barge. You got to lift your own bale. Yes. <laughs> I think if you tote a barge, people are going to expect you to lift the bale as well. You can't right? just lift the bale. You also have to tote the barge. You tote, you tote the barge and then you lift the bale. Can I also just give you a thought on twins? I just want to say, I, I want to get this out of the way and I'll probably cut this out because I realize how normative it is. I'm, I'm first of all kind of freaked out by twins as a thing. 
All and twins I, or just identical twins? The whole idea, well, identical twins, I think, are pretty freaky. But the thing about identical twins is if you claim to be an identical twin and that identical twin is still alive, we can put you right next to each other and we can tell if you're telling the truth. <laughs> if you say you're an identical twin, right? <laughs> well, there should be a way. Well, you know, you, you put them next to each other. I think a lot of the people who say they're fraternal twins, I'm not saying they're lying. But it's very difficult. If, if that man's uh, sister literally weighed twice as much as him at birth, I'm not sure that fully qualifies as twins, and I think mm-hmm. he might be making it up. Do you know Do you know who Nels Klein is? <clears throat> I don't think so. Nels Klein is a guitar player. He has... Uh, he's in Nelson? No, Those guys Nelson. are twins. Those no. guys are twins. Okay. Nels Klein is, a, um, is in Wilco right now, but he's played with Mike Watt. He's done a lot of jazz type of music. He's an avant-garde guitar player, let's call him that. And a, a very nice man. And he is a mirror twin. Do you know what a mirror twin is? Uh, where, like, he has the same features, but but in the opposite side? Mm-hmm. His like, brother... He's got his lazy eye on one side, the other one the other way? His brother is an identical twin, but, but so identical that they are mirrors. His brother parts his hair on the left. Nels parts his hair on the right. Oh, my goodness. His, his brother, you know, like, is left-handed, or Nels is left-handed, his brother is right-handed. Nels is left-handed, but he plays the guitar right-handed. Oh, my God. Like, twin, twin science at a much higher level, and, and Nels is like, you know, my brother and I have very, very different personalities. Oh, see, like, there's always in, an evil twin. Like, in a, in a way, like, we are opposite. And I'm like, you guys are identical twins, but mirror images of one another, and that includes the personality. Oh, you Whoa. don't want you don't watch enough science fiction. Whoa, There's always an evil twin. Usually, they're required cool. by law to have a, a goatee. Well, yeah, and maybe I should have asked him. Does his brother have a goatee? But his brother is some kind of like scientist uh, in California. Nels is a guitar player. Like, I think this could be one of those um, uh, liars paradox uh, Cretans uh, things, where like if you ask them, think about that. Are you you ask say to two, you could take two twins and you ask them, are you the evil twin? There must be a way. There must be a logical puzzle where you can right. ask the right question to make them prove which one's the evil twin. <laughs> Nels cannot tell a lie. Yeah, exactly. You and, say and you says, say. Would, yeah, the other one says, can only I tell am evil twin. Would you say? What would would your twin say that you are the evil twin? There's got to be a way you can. I'm I'm not a logician, right? Oh man, Nels. His middle name's Courtney. No, really. Nels Courtney Klein. Can that is be an true? identical twin brother, Alex Klein? Is that right? Mm-hmm. I'll see if Nels he has a funny middle name too. Courtney Klein. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. Now, now he doesn't appear to have a middle name. See, so this well, the whole thing's already falling apart. See, see what I'm saying? Because you're supposed to name them in funny <laughs> pairs, right? <laughs> if so you, I, had, if I had twins, I would definitely name them in some kind of book matched twin name. Like a little, little, little too clever. You know, I, my, I gave my daughter a clever name. And she'll be, I, she'll be, she'll be wearing that forever. And I think about it all the time. I think back. Three and a half years ago to my three and a half years ago self, and I want to just, I, you know, it's not the type of clever name where I want to grab my three and a half year old, three and a half year ago self and like shake him by the lapels, but I do want to put an arm around him. At least take say, him up to the whiteboard and walk him through some things. Yeah, just be like, hey, yeah. I, I get it. I your get- daughter has the same name as two other kids I know with the same name, and all three are spelled differently. <laughs> but I, but I, I just want to be like, you know, this is I I love everything about this, 
but you know, maybe just settle down a little bit. <laughs> just settle down. Just settle it down. You know, like this is great. This is the impulse is great. You didn't go with the bell tones though, which is good. In my kids' class, there's two Aidens, a Jaden, and a Caden. I might be concatenating some of that from last year, but there are certain names where you've got to have an, a letter after it. You know, like you're going to be a Caden F or whatever. Yeah, I feel like uh, when you and I were in school when we were kids, everyone was named Jason, Todd, or Jeff. Uh, yeah, including right. Jason, the girls. Todd, Jeff. Maybe, maybe a Rick. You can get a Jennifer and a Lisa, a Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a John. But I mean, I wish I knew more Kates. I really, I love the name Kate. Oh, I know some Kates. I'll I don't know. know I don't. <laughs> I don't know if you do want to know some Kates. <laughs> It's just like it sounds, right? I've known some fucking Kates. Oh, Kates, Kates, Kate sounds like a handful. Kate is a fucking handful. Is exactly right because (laughs) the thing is, like, Catherine's are already a problem. (laughs) Catherine with a K or Catherine with a C? Either one. Catherine's with a K are a much bigger problem than Catherine's with a C. But you know, as soon as they start going by cat, oh, forget it. No, like, get away. But but a Kate oh, is a Kate name. is just a Kate is just trying to con, is just trying to convince you that she's not a cat, and so you should be you should assume that she's reasonable, right? She's it's Kate. A cat. It's a cat in Kate's clothing. You know what I mean? Like yes. Kate. Kate is some. Kate is a gal that can wear jeans. Kate Kate, is Kate's somebody, perky. Kate's perky has a high ponytail. Sure, she'll help you clear. She uh, she, she she's uh, been working since she was really young. She'll help you clear the yard. Like Kate is Shh, yes. She's down with the struggle, but oh, what a handful! Kate is carrying a fucking pistol. <laughs> what about Cat? <laughs> oh, come on, come on, Cat! I mean, Cat is Cat. You, you guys have some times, but you're not going to let Cat. I mean, you're not going to let her use your wooden floor. First of all, don't let Cat know where you live. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> Kate's one of those names, though. I always, I always uh, fantasize is the wrong word, but I always aspired to have a girlfriend named Kate. Yep, yep. yep. What a great name! I mean, who could not love Kate? Mm-hmm. You just say, "I want to introduce you to my friend." You're my, my friend Kate. You're already this falling Kate. in love. You haven't this even met Kate. her. Yep. This, this is Kate. Kate. Oh man, Katie. No, 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 no. You think that's a different Katie. thing, a Katie? Katie is so different. Hmm. Katie's a graphic designer. <laughs> I think I think Kate has a a garden, but like a kind of foxy garden. Oh, Kate has a garden for sure, and and she's growing, you know, she's growing some plants that need to be explained. <laughs> stop! 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 <laughs> <sighs> Wooden fork. <laughs>